Good morning, Woods. Good sorry. Morning. Life Christian Church. I did that. I'm sorry. I, I try not to do that. Anyway, uh, if you guys will watch these announcements that we've prepared for you. Thank you. You're invited to a worship team open house by the sanctuary anytime between 3 and 6 on Sunday 7th today to talk to members of the worship team and discover fit best. You'll have a chance to jam out on some songs, check out tech equipment in the Crow's Nest, and get to our planning center website where we handle all of the scheduling. No matter your skill level or experience, if you have interest in the real-life worship, stop in and see if this ministry is you. I hope to see you there. Christian Church. Calendar for Saturday, January 20th. Drop by the fellow between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Your mission is fast and easy. You can even schedule online. Hope to see you for our blood drive on Saturday, January 20th. This opportunity is a must for those hard to serve. Safe House Atlanta is a ministry for the homeless in Atlanta. We will leave the church at 9 a.m. Safe House for orientation and then take a guided city walk past staff. During the city walk, we will go and visit our experiencing homelessness. We will hand out our collected blankets, scarves, book bags, coffee, and donuts. Sign up, contact the church office at rlccreallifechristian.church. On January 7th at 10 a.m., we will have a ladies' brunch. Whether you're new to the church or you're a seasoned member, come join us to get acquainted. Bring a breakfast dish to share with one. Drinks will be provided. One, two, vamp, three, four.
seated. One, two, two, three, four, five, six.
But about that a minute. Did you resolve to attend church more often? Did you resolve to read the Bible? Our, our dailies for the church are quite good if you haven't looked at them. Did you become a volunteer? Serve or show compassion to your fellow men? To visit the sick? And this one is a strong one. Did you become an active, not a past member of the church? As I was thinking about this, I was looking at pictures and I found quite a lot about renewal. I want to give you some extra from Psalm 51 and one. From Psalm 51, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin against you. You only have I done and done what is evil in your sight. So that justified when you speak and blessed when you judge. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not away your Holy Spirit from me. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare praise. From Psalm 103. The Lord, O my soul, and all within me bless his holy name. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies yours with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. For as high as the heavens, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. So far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. To keep his covenant and remember his to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rule over all. Please in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending us to die on that cross for our May we partake of these sacraments way please you as we remember for five seconds. It's in his name. Amen. Join me now in the prayer for the offering. There are, are many ways you can give.
as are shown on the screen. Dear Lord, please accept and bless these offerings, cheerfully given for your use in the instant of your kingdom, in the Woodstock area, and missionaries that we in we pray. Amen. Now, as, as many of you, Kirby is this week, he's, he's with the kids of Tennessee on retreat. But we have the family from the bread ministry. About whoever first, it's y'all's. Hi. Everyone, a, um, a very tangible representation that all of your donations go towards. We are here to say thank you for investment in the lives of next generation of students. Um, we bread coffee house at Campus Ministry and a free coffee thing in students. We have actually recently just location at State University just up the road, which is really driving all around there to get 10 student leaders and um, about students coming on Tuesdays. So it's incredible to see how what Emory can multiply. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with what we do at Bread, um, we are a free coffee house, like I said. Hospitality is a huge part of the way that we love students and invite them to consider what a relationship with Jesus could mean for their lives. So the cook of that video, you bake help in a very real way to become a part of our community. We say often, staff, that we believe students moving towards Jesus is the most important that we are there. Um, we try um, to serve the uns and nuns of Emory University, that is students come in unsure what is or having no religious affiliation. That's about 50% of the student body of Emory, so there's a huge for a community like this that is able to welcome them in as a move towards Jesus. We believe that that happens as they move community, uh, as we wrapped up the semester celebrating that 45 further into our community. Um, of those, 15 students have taken steps close to Jesus considering their of them. That's trusting a Christian that has never been for them before. For some of them, it's joining a small group for other or starting to go to church. Um, and for Joanna, whose story I want to share with you, that meant taking um, the step to becoming a Jesus follower baptism. Um, celebrate around a pool with her on a full day. Um, and there were about 30 of us that um, would pray for her in days of how we've seen God work in the life of Joanne. This is what she before she was baptized. As I say, I cannot help but just feel an overwhelming sense of gratitude. This is present. His love and grace are so evident and who surround me. Thank you for supporting me, loving me through me. Played such an important part in pushing me further in my relationship with Jesus. So thank you. At the school year, I got in a Bible study at Bread. Through this, goals for what we wanted our faith to look like at the end of the year. My simple. Thus, my faith boldly. God has pulled me out of the and into his light, overflowing with love and grace. I walk with the rest of my life, and I wish to boldly profess Jesus Christ is my Savior. Amen? She said those words to those of us that were standing around a pool with her. I think those words as well. You have been a part of her journey. You have known her name or not. Praying for her, of us as we are in to follow Jesus, and then everything coming after. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Um, I'm actually going to invite Kyle up now, and he will be preaching in place of Kirby, but we'll be out um, the lobby is called if you want to talk to us more after we're so grateful to be here that you do to make all we do on campus possible well good morning I'm slide this mic out of the way uh, as said uh, Paul Marshall uh, uh, this church so much to me uh, 10 years ago back in September I got married uh, to this and uh, and ever since then you've been such a uh, and loving um, part of our life and so it's cool 
to have you on our, our journey with this ministry. And this is my serving at Bread. Uh, and what I realized recently, that means opportunity to see freshman classes come in and now graduate, if they did it in four years. Something didn't quite happen that way. But for the most part, that's incredible. This, uh, every year, at the end of the year, when we're saying seniors, I always had the moment I met them for the first time. And it feels like that they walked in the house freshmen and uh, awkward, as most freshmen. And uh, and now, and saying goodbye, it's always hard. Particular senior class, it's going to be very, very difficult because there are people. And I thought, I always think back to the um, times that we there, the lunches, often that I'm paying because they're college students, and uh, the Bible studies that we've done together, nights, that older I get, become harder and harder to recover from, I'll understand. Uh, so many of these students uh, gotten the opportunity to uh, be a part of their life and share together. It's an incredible privilege to get to do that. Uh, about what to sharing. I thought about what I've learned in this I'm doing uh, with these students. This text from 1 Thessalonians to mind. I'll read just one verse, and then we're going to back up and read the whole passage. But, uh, Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted in the gospel of but our lives as well. That again, when Christians in a community that Paul helped start, Paul writes, because you so much, we were delighted to share with only the gospel of but our lives as well. Like I said, this is from Thronian. This passage is so good. I think it perfectly illustrates what uh, part of, partly what we do and what I, and a large thing got all of us to partake in uh, when we to love God, but to also love our neighbor. So we're going to do First Thessalonians. If you have Bible, jump in with me. If you've got your phone to judge you for your app, that's totally fine. Um, we're going to be in First Chapter two, verses one through twelve. All right. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not what's previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. With the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from air pure motive trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak those approved to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to people but God's their hearts. And we know we never you know we never used to, nor did we put on a mask to, to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were looking for praise from people, not from you or the apostles of Christ, asserted authority. Instead, we were like young among you. The nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for Loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, one hardship in day in order not to be a burden to anyone. We preach the gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how righteous and blameless among you believe. For you know that we dealt with each of your children, and comforting and urging you to live worthy of God, who called you into his kingdom and glory. I'm going to pray them to this text. God, we thank you uh, that you much that you came to be parts and to live among us, and ultimately to die for us. God, we thank you for this you have created that exists to create space for people to understand that love and to love and to be loved. And God, as we explore what it means to not only share the God, to share our lives together, I pray that you feel with the same. God, we thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you haven't engaged with much of things, book uh, of uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, a letter Paul, the apostle, one of the earliest apostles of the, writes to the he create in the city of Thessalonica. He was an apostle, but he loved spending his time traveling the ground world and spending years in different building these to getting to know people and launching these church movements, and then would go on sea, and later down the road as he would, you know, things were going, he would letters back to these churches, often encouraging to, you know, put his foot in things going well. And so when we these letters, these Paul, our pastor often likes to remind us that these aren't necessarily to us, but they are written for us. It's important to mind when we're reading these letters that we are reading since someone else. But the beauty of it is that the earth fathers, as they were piling 
this thing we call, saw that these letters had such great value, not for general intended audience, for the church forever, so even today. And this letter was written primarily to against that were living at Thessalonica, and in this city, uh, in this city, clearly some anxiety going on that Paul is addressing. Uh, many in the early church believed that Christ would return in their lifetime, and so waited around for that to happen. And the years were going by, and returned. Particularly, people would begin. Some of the Christians had begin to die and worried. People, I thought Christ would come back, and so a lot of this letters to address that to not give up, but to hold on, even that, and there is hopes of suffering. Many were suffering, whether it be. You know, the, the worry of actually their faith, but even just so, being social outcasts. If you're in the Roman world, you're not allowed to start a business, put your kids in school, and hard. And he recognizes that, and he writes this letter to encourage them. Things you'll notice in our passage is that Paul seems a bit defensive. He's keeping about all the suffering that he has gone through. And for the reason, perhaps there was a question about Paul. You know, he'd come there and he'd gone, and now people are getting to question, does he care about us? Was he there for the right reasons? Off travel teachers and preachers that would come through and create a movement into their own selfish motives, and people were beginning to ask that of money or the glory and the praise. Hey, I've been doing it for almost 20 years now, and these still come up at any business school students that ask me this because this is the way they're, they're like, this. Are you doing it for the money? Which always makes me a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, God takes care of it wrong, but pastors don't often get rich off of this, nor and certainly not, not why. And so are you doing it for the glory? One of the things early on in ministry is that ministry, certainly when things to be, it's often full of just and frustration. Told me that very early on in my ministry, pastor can be quite lonely and hard. I was a youth pastor, and uh, yeah, I was a children's minister and a youth pastor, which we were talking about a funny combination because youth pastors are often and, and not nice, and children's pastors need to be the exact opposite. I mean, fun, very organized, right? Um, but uh, family at our church had been time since before I'd started, and I was in a small family. They had two, and I'd spent a lot of time getting to know them, love them, kids. And uh, one day they wanted to have lunch me and this year, and they they wanted uh, our church time was calling. Had two staff members. They wanted us to start a children's choir, which we have the as a staff the ability to do. And we we encouraged them. Why don't you lead a children as, as a volunteer? And they do that. And sadly, they left because of that, which is a common story in churches. But as the pastor, that's hard. Because I honestly don't think I've seen them since, and that's probably been 10 years. You put a lot of yourself into other people and care, and anyone can leave. And that's, that's the essence of ministry. So you know, he's certainly not doing this for the glory. And so the reason Paul is suffering so often is he reminding them, like, do you remember what I do? I wouldn't do for the money or the glory or any of that. Like, somebody in it for those who would have been a long time ago. Paul doing this out of love. That's why we do it, about sincere love. That's what the gospel is. A love that gives of it for the but anything in return. That's what Paul is in. And I want to pause here and just take a moment of it for us. Like, what is it for us to embody that same sense of love that truly cares? A love just listening to get conversation, but a love that is there and truly wanting what is best for the front of us. You know, the, the capital C church, not this church, but the church has often for insincerity. So what a way for us is to embody that sort of sincere love. Beauty is that Paul cares about this a lot, so this is not that he writes about this. Quickly, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 12, which is a beautiful text that Paul writes about thing. In verse 9 of Romans chapter 12, he says, Be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is devoted to one another in love, honor what above yourself, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spirit fervor in the Lord. 
Be joyful in hope and affliction and prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are hospitable. Bless those who persecute you. Bless curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to be associated with people of low. Do not be conceited. If anyone evil, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, it's with everyone. This is a beautiful passage, and it's one that when our students come in to intern with us, we have this passage because we think it so beautifully encapsulates what community Christian love is to look like. Love is a verb. It's not just words that we share, but it's our acts. It's our life. And Paul invites us to imitate this radical way in the gospel. You know, we talk about sharing the gospel, part of what we did our ministry gospel. But sharing the gospel looks different. To, you can understand that differently in your background. But what we learned in our ministry is that sharing the gospel, yes, yeah, requires words. Importantly, it requires actions. It requires living inside and living them in that. Uh, my wife and I met at Woodland Christian Camp uh, a long time. And uh, uh, I've been with her, but I always said she was not a student uh, there. She was actually there. Uh, and I was a youth pastor, and we met uh, this one summer years ago. And ever since then, we've gone back every five, six years. I started getting grumpy and not wanting to sleep on camp beds. Um, but uh, every year, we would apply across at Woodland to be counselors. And on the application, was, and it was asked and tell you, to how would you shuffle your old? And I'm not going to lie. As someone who did Bible school and seminary, this annoyed me at first. I wanted to, you know, jump into some deep theological thing. Well, I can't use that. How do I answer this question? But honestly, it's a beauty because it, per- it perfectly, for a person who's getting get tears from all over the place, it perfectly actually this place is all about sharing the gospel. And how do you do so young? And I think if, if Paul, looking at Woodland Christian, he would, and was asked to answer this question, I think some lines, something like, show up. You share the gospel, you show up. You spend time with it. You put screen and your bug spray because you're going to need it. And you play volleyball with these kids. And you care for them. And all along the way, you're fine. All along the way, you're having opportunities to these kids to assist. But you can't do it without your presence. And Paul has seen time and time again how the sharing of the gospel happened along the way of sharing his life. Of suffering side, of work side, eating together, of worshiping together, of playing together. And that's what makes this feel so upside down is it cannot be from production. This is not about hitting a metric. I don't know if you business world or any requires keeping of spreadsheets and metrics and all of that. In so many places, you have to be careful when it comes to the gospel because the gospel doesn't work that way. It's slow. It's uh, unfortunate. And the of the gospel is about living alongside one another while God does them in that. And that's what love is. Fall short. People can often see right through if you have instances. This at bed, uh, when you walk in the in the house at bread, uh, we call it the wall. This paragraph that is painted. Paragraph, the main line of the paragraph says, "When talk is cheap, our sermon is hostile." And beyond the efficiency, Paul's approach even releases us from effect because when we're sure rather than selling it, we are free from worrying the bottom, the cost benefit, you know, ratio, the returns. It reminds me, of, you know, the parable uh, that Jesus shares, you know, who just sees recklessly. Seventy-five percent of the seed find fertile. Back then, it's not cheap now. I've tried to start a garden, and it's cheap to get. None of mine grow, by the way, so it's a total 100% failure. <laughs> but this this story about God's embodying of what love is is that it invites anyone and everyone. Not about if it's going to be effective or not. That's what sharing is, rather than uh, on Thursdays here at two o'clock. 
we at Brad, we go onto campus, about six gallons, of, if, you, if you're ever on, uh, around campus, you'll see us walking with lunch again, full of uh, coffee and coffee cups. So the heart of campus are about to change, and at 2.15, there's a question. So we set up a tent, and we give out about six gallons of coffee in minutes. I mean, it is chaos and crazy. And when we first started doing that, it's not hard because it was like, our, what's the point of this? And students ignoring us, pretending they're on the phone, which is funny because nobody age of, you know, talk on the phone anymore. Um, you know, in that, or they'll in and grab a cup and go, and you don't even get to know their name. Every now and then, something you'll get to talk to them, and you're like, is this effective, what we're doing? But having done this over the years, I've realized about that. It's about consistently showing up, inviting anyone into the love of God, except a free cup of coffee. And sometimes God does incredible stuff. I've had students join our ministry because of the cup of coffee they got. Whether it's a student, you know, that is uh, late or term and feeling down because they didn't do well, to spending 15 minutes to another five minutes to grab a free cup of coffee. My student that brings it for their professor as if that's going to help their grade. Um, <laughs> so the Emory landscaper, who's not even a student, us and we give them a coffee. It's an ev- anyone and everyone. That's what it's, it's lies. And trusting that God will give the increase. It's the beauty. And I do believe it's what we're all called own ways to not just share the gospel, share our lives, to find those in need, hear the truth of what this is, and to truly love them. Close in just a second for the band. I know you guys can come on up, but I want to finish with this quote um, by one of my favorite writers, Frederick Beek. He writes, Our happiness is all mixed up each other's, with each other's peace. Happiness is until we find some way of sharing it with people who the thing, who the way now have no happiness and no no peace. It calls us to, to show this truth forth, to live this truth the light of the world. Where there are dark places, be the light of there. Earth, bring out the true flavor of to be true life givers to others. That is what Jesus tells us disciples to be, and that is what Jesus tells his church us to be to do and to do, to love each other. I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to um, the time. Uh, it's invitation time, and so uh, the prison open uh, during the song. If anyone needs, is, um, need, is, has questions, to come down. Time. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one more song. God, for your love, thank grace. Thank you for loving us, but inviting us to experience love in the way that we respond. And God, I pray that in our lives, love is not just a word that we say but a thing that we do, we embody. And in our work, in our home, in our neighborhood, that we find ways to share this love because that's who you called us to be. God, I thank you for uh, a new year and a new opportunity to see you and God. And God, if you would fill our heart love that was done. God, we thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray.
It doesn't matter what generation you are, are, um, what shape, size you are. It doesn't matter. Understanding what God has called her to do to work with these kids. I want you all to know, come down, share your life. With just as it's part of the mission of growing these kids. I've so many good messages from my daughter just in the last two days. She's 13. I've raised one. She's 25 already. This again. My 25-year-old and her are just with their church. You never know. Plant. I want to just recognize Sandy. There's others out here. This is in no disregard to anyone else. But I just hear her blessing to our kids and grow. And just ask that you to pray for our kids and our students as forward in Christ. So thank you, Sandy. And uh, more importantly, for the years and love and support, whether it be cookies or prayer or in between, our, our family is so grateful for every one of you and for this church to us as we uh, get to enjoy the beauty of God's call to love and serve these students. So I'm going to close this out here. I'm going to close this with a prayer, and I think we're done. So close your eyes. Uh, thank you so much uh, for all that you've done. God, thank you so much, church. And God, I pray that you would send us out in love and serve. And it's your name we pray. Amen. You guys check out his table, and if anybody is interested, back at 3 check out the uh, worship team open house. You good week. your